0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I'm I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. It's trade time. Week six, trades. We're going to go over some buys, some sells. I think this is, you know, one of the best parts of fantasy football. When you have a league that likes to trade, uh, that's always a good thing. You know, I I hear from a lot of people that, oh, my league, you know, the people in my league don't like to trade. We don't get that many trades done. If anything, we get one or two trades done a year. Boo-hoo. That sucks. You Got to get Couldn't a new league us. that loves to trade. Couldn't be us. <laughs> Matter of fact, like, but we are in a league that, like, I don't think we've we've had one trade. Yeah, you know, it's so. a bunch of it's a bunch of people who really know what they're doing, and it seems like. Like, nobody wants to be outsmarted. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to happen. I have a feeling there's going to be, like, maybe one or two trades in that league. But it does suck. It's much better if you're in a league that does a lot of trades. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to go over some buys, go over some sells. Uh, And, yeah, in terms of news, I think, you know, the only piece of news here is James Conner, there's no update, you know, on his status in terms of that rib injury. No word on whether like we didn't get any word that it's serious, so that could be a good sign for him. Daryl Williams is not gonna play this week, according to I think it was Ian Rappaport who rapported about that. And then so so you know Benjamin at this point is going to be the guy for the most part, even if James Conner plays. Uh this could be a multi week thing, you know, because Daryl Williams was already ruled out, it's it's Wednesday and he's ruled out with a knee injury. So that means he has some sort of MCL sprain or something like that. He could be out for a couple weeks, which means that if Connor is a little bit banged up, Intervention is likely going to have a role over the next week or two.
1: Yeah, that's what it looks like. And it looks like we have um, a comment already talking about, you know, Benjamin. But, um, yeah, you know, Benjamin, he's going to be the guy to kind of pick up with James Connor a little bit banged up. Um, I'm not expecting, you know, even though, there isn't a report. The news on James Conner is that there isn't news yet regarding his injury. Um, I think even if he does play this week, which I, I think he's going to, it might be in a limited capacity compared to what we usually expect from James Conner. You know, Benjamin's going to be the guy. Um, I, I'm happy picking him up. I tried adding him in one league. It didn't really go well. I, I shot low, hoping I could steal him, and that wasn't the case. Um, yeah, in yeah. the lead
0: that we're playing against each other, you know, we talked about this yesterday. Like you, you, you know, Benjamin was going to be the guy you had to pick up because Kenneth Walker wasn't available. Uh, you know, some of these other running backs, you know, and you bid too low, buddy. I saw it. <laughs> you know, I saw that you only you, you bid a couple dollars. I think you got outbid by my brother-in-law. Um, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually shoot him a text right now. I'm, I'm gonna thank him. I'm gonna thank him. <laughs> um yeah you think so, so uh y- y- it's not looking good for you this week you know I, like i don't want to talk too much shit because like w- when i do um all my my entire t- roster just gets hurt that week and then yeah. I, lo- I lose and i don't want to i don't want to talk too much
1: <laughs> i mean you, I are star, you are you week. are starting cooper rush so like <laughs> we'll see how it goes
0: maybe maybe listen i've never crossed my fingers so so tightly uh and hoping that Mac Jones will play this week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, actually, I,
0: I had to spend up a little bit to get Mac Jones. This is a super flex league and we know quarterbacks are at a premium. So even Mac Jones, Mike Jones is somebody that I got to start this week, hopefully over Cooper cup. Uh, I'm sorry. But, Cooper rush. Yeah. My not team's
1: in some serious trouble. I mean, you have Christian McCaffrey, and Ramondre Stevenson. These are running backs going up against my Brian Robinson and Daryl Henderson.
0: <laughs> oh been, baby
1: i've already been through oh, the ringer baby. with injuries you know deandre swift he missed the last couple of weeks he's on bye now so he should be back after this week so you're lucky and then i had rashad penny before he went down so that was my only hope now i just gotta you know cross my fingers hope for the best i'm kind of expecting a loss here i'll, I'll go back to 500 and just reload <laughs> <it next week. laughs> i hear you i
0: hear you hey man that sounds good to me um listen uh Tua, he's gonna be back in week six I'm sorry. Week seven, most likely, he's going to be out this week. Uh, but he is going to be starting to practice, which is a great sign for him. Um, Tyreek Hill. They're optimistic that he is going to play this week. Uh, he he did have a um, a boot on that foot. Or, you know, he had that foot injury. They said that he was fine after the game, and they are optimistic that he's going to play. But just keep that in mind. Just monitor his practice reports throughout the week. If he doesn't practice today on Wednesday, not a huge deal. Uh, right. Let's see what else. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. He likely won't play this week either. It's probably gonna be Skylar Thompson who is going to get the start. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is in the concussion protocol right now, but like, like I, I, that, it wouldn't be Teddy Bridgewater if he passed concussion protocol during the game. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. I think, that, I mean, I would assume there's still a chance that Bridgewater can play, but, but we'll yeah.
1: see. Yeah, and, and you, Devonta Adams, so. dude.
0: Uh, yeah, you got to hope so, man. If you want like Tyreek Hill to play and do well, and Jalen Waddle to play and do well, yeah, no, 100. Yeah. Devonta Adams. Uh, he's being charged with a misdemeanor assault after shoving that cameraman down after the game when he was going into the tunnel. The league is reviewing it, and there is a suspension on the table, potentially, for Devonta Adams, and I would assume it wouldn't be more than a game. Uh, if if that. Um, hopefully not. You know, Hopefully he's not yeah. suspended. You know, he did apologize right after the game. You know, it doesn't seem like it's in his, his character that. Uh, but, you know, like, maybe the NFL is trying to, like, put their foot down to just kind of because it was in the public in the public eye you know this was a tmz thing where you know they showed it through to like non-nfl crowds right yeah so this could be a pr type of issue where the nfl is going to say like okay like we saw what happened and we are going to take care of it so it would suck though the Adams obviously on a buy right now and then he might get suspended in week seven hope that doesn't happen i hope he can just play
1: that That's what I'm hoping, too. And just a little input from my end, you know, I'm looking at it as if Alvin Kamara, you know, the whole saga with the Pro Bowl thing, you know, it looks like he might have, you know, roughed somebody up after the game and he hasn't been suspended at all or done anything. They haven't done anything. Obviously, they pushed his hearings back a little bit. If they're not going to act on something like that, you know, I mean, I don't see how this can be a suspension i think a fine might be in order or something you know maybe pay off whatever he's asking for you're not you're not going to be um i don't think it's gonna be that much whatever it is you know obviously follow the police report he might have some some damages to cover but i think that you know this doesn't really warrant a suspension he was frustrated obviously he shouldn't have done it but this isn't something like we've seen players get suspended for uh much worse this doesn't really even go into the realm for me of suspension although You know, I'm I'm not a rule guy. I don't know how they're going to treat this, but I don't think this this constitutes a suspension at all. We've seen much worse on field. If Aaron Donald can swing helmets around during a joint practice in the offseason, you know, and use them as weapons like Miles Garrett did, and he didn't face any suspension, I think that this should fall by the wayside.
0: I hear you, man. I'm not a rule follower either. I hear hear that. All right. Let's go ahead and get into some some buys and sells. Um, The first guy that I want to talk about is Deontay Johnson. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, just check out these graphics, man. Just check out these graphics that 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 Zach created here. Like this is this is some he's, he's a talented guy, as you can tell. So we're trying to up our game uh in terms of uh these uh these graphics here on YouTube, trying to make this a legit show here and Zach is doing a really good job uh doing that. Um appreciate it. all right, so let's it. I kind of liked what I saw out of the Steelers' offense, you know, this yeah. week. Um, even though they only scored three points, right? <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm from from what I saw from Kenny Pickett compared to what I saw from Teddy uh, Bridgewater from Mitch Trubisky over the past couple weeks, I'm okay with it. And Deontay Johnson, you know, he saw his first, his fourth double-digit target game of the season. Uh, he led the Steelers in thirteen. Which accounted for 24% target share, 43% air yard share, and he now has a quarterback upgrade. And you know, I and I'm saying he has a quarterback upgrade based on what I've seen in one and a half games so far. You know, there's another tough matchup this week against Tampa, uh, but I kind of like what I saw to Deontay. We know that he earns targets at a high rate, so I'm kind of I'm okay with. buying Deontay Johnson right now because we know he can be a high-end fantasy asset
1: yeah I know what you're talking about if you watch Deontay Johnson play or just every time like if you're on red zone you don't sit and watch a game or ever. if you ever watch a red zone watch a red zone broadcast or any Pittsburgh game every time the ball goes to Deontay Johnson even if he's not catching it in bounds he's always catching the ball and that's just it's like he's so talented he's so good at just catching the ball that you got to figure you know if he was in any sort of better situation he'd be a much better producing fantasy wide receiver. That said, I'm more interested in shooting the moon for Johnson. I think that's kind of what it amounts to for me because the offense he's on is pretty bad. Um, I'll shoot the moon if I have three or more wins um, this season. You know, if I'm in a good spot, as far as my record goes, I'll, I'll try and pick him up on the low. Um, it's difficult to predict whether or not the payoff will be there with Pickett Lee in the offense because he is a rookie and we don't know what he's going to look like, you know, playing against a regular, maybe league average defense, um, not on the road. But um, with Johnson, there's always a chance that the Steelers offense continues to stagnate. So that's kind of what has me a little bit leery on it. His range of outcomes is super broad. He's on my target list if I want to add quality depth. But I'd really look elsewhere to buy a receiver if I'm at two wins or less because of that floor being so low. Um, That said, he's very talented. I do believe Pickett is a significant upgrade, like you said, over Trubisky from a fantasy perspective. But with a matchup against the Bucks this week, it might not be till late October that move for Deontay would actually start to pay off. So this is a long term move if you're buying Deontay Johnson.
0: Yeah, I hear that. I I, I want to buy him now, man, because I, I don't look at this Tampa, you know, the defense is good overall. Yeah. But you know, I, I look at this as like a, hey, like, let me get Deontay, right? He didn't have a great game this, I mean, he had a decent game this past week. He's been getting the targets. He hasn't put up crazy numbers just yet. And hey, man, like, he has a tough defense. He has a tough matchup coming up. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you pass him my way? Pass him yeah. my way right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't always look at the the next matchup as being a deterrent for me to buy. I look at look at it as a uh, and I'm a natural salesman, I guess, but like yeah, I, I wanna I want to use that against you know the person who has Deontay Johnson and say, like, mm-hmm. hey, like he has a tough matchup coming up this week. I'll take him off your hands for you. Right? Are you gonna play yeah. him? Are you gonna play Deontay Johnson this week in that tough matchup against Tampa? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I could take, take him off your hands. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't, you should wait to buy him until after this week. I'm just saying that this week coming up, I think it's more of a long term ad for Deontay Johnson because it's a rough matchup. And it's also, like I said, Kenny Pickett, he's making a second start against, I think, a top half defense. I mean, obviously, the Bills defense is very good. I wouldn't call them just top half. They're probably top five or six in the league. But, um, you know, Bucks, they aren't anything to sneeze at on defense. I think that could give Kenny Pickett some fits again. But once they come back from their buy, After this week, I think they have their buy after this week. Um, I think that we could look at, you know, Deontay Johnson really picking it up from a fantasy production standpoint. Um, I'm not saying don't buy him now. You know, we have him on the buy list. Obviously, buy him now. Um, But like I said, it just might take a little bit of time for that payoff to come um, as we go forward.
0: And guys, just just to let you know, Zach is allowed to disagree, Okay just letting you guys know we don't we don't we don't come into these podcasts agreeing on everything so so i'm, I'm you know just know that we, we didn't go into this podcast and be like hey like zach listen you got to agree with everything i say man all right just right. want to make that clear <laughs> it's
1: tight shit, all right dude, we run
0: it, it's it is it is Accept that accept that you're yeah, allowed yeah. to have your own opinions um all right let's move on to the next guy we have here i'm a ross st brown um by the way just shout out to mike our producer here the dude Moving on, moving these graphics right along. Appreciate it. Heck you, yeah. man. All right. Amara saying Brown, though, high end wide receiver one. Okay. And if you can buy him any cheaper than that, do it while he's hurt and do it while he's in his bye week because they can't use him anyway. Right. And he's kind of hurt and there's no guarantee that he plays in week seven. Um, maybe. He, I mean, if I had to guess if he's going to play in week seven, uh, I would say that he does play. Because he did just play this past week and he played a limited snap count, obviously. And that might have hurt that fantasy owner a little bit. Maybe he doesn't like Amara St. Brown as much as he did a couple weeks ago because he did him dirty. He only played, yeah. you know, on a handful of snaps. Uh he got a huge target share. Huge target routes uh, per route run. Um, but you know, this is a situation where I'm looking to buy him as a high end wide receiver one. It's basically Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson. Who would you rather have after those guys? Is it Amon Ra? Out, out
1: of the resume? Yeah, I'd say Amon Ra. Amon Ra. Th- that's what it would be. Right. Yeah. But, you, you know, some people say Jamar Chase, but he's been Yeah. He's, he's like right rough. there
0: as he's been, it's been rough for him, right? But yeah. like right now, you ask me, like, hey, who are you starting this week? You know, let's assuming Amon Ra's active, doesn't even matter what the matchup is. I'm 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 gonna say Amon Ra. You know, assuming that he's healthy, right? Yeah. Um, so and the based on the based on a lot of the trade questions that I've been getting uh over the past week or so people are not viewing him as that high-end wide receiver one even if you buy him as like a high-end wide receiver two or something like that do it low and wide receiver one do it it's worth it he's he's yeah. a league winning type of player
1: yeah i hear what you're talking about the momentum just finally swung the other direction for him you know because he had that streak of games where he just went crazy catching about eight pa- eight passes caught in however many games across two seasons you know um that that was huge for him and people were talking about i on Ross St. Brown you know as a high-end wide receiver one before these past few weeks um there's no reason to be concerned about him in this offense I don't think he was held off the field for the majority of plays last week against New England because of that um ankle injury we talked about he now has two weeks to recover essentially before he gets back on the field and that's only good news for him he should come back to be hundred percent and even in a tough matchup with Dallas like we said He's pretty much matchup proof because, you know, Jared Goff likes throwing to own him, obviously, when he's on the field. But he just wasn't on the field much last week. Um, before that, you know, he did go out. Was it against the Vikings for a little bit? And that kind of limited his production in that game, too. So if you look at his track record these past few weeks, you could use that as justification. that Oh, you know, he's producing a little bit lower. You know, he like you said, he just did you dirty this week. He only played on, what was it, like 40 percent of snaps or something like that. You know, you could use that leverage to get him low in a trade. I'd, I'd be surprised if the market's down on him because, you know, he had such a good stretch of games before this happened. But, you know, the fancy community, it's, it's fickle. They, they tend to drop guys really quick and pick them up that fast. Um, three performances that left much to be desired kind of have his price maybe a little bit lower than we'd like it to be. You can pick him up before the momentum swings back in the other direction.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Before people realize that he's in that tier with Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup and all those guys. Or right. maybe a tier below, but he's in a tier yeah. on his own above any any other wide receiver after that. Yeah, um, take advantage of people
1: yeah. questioning his status, you know, as far as where he falls in the grand scheme of things with wide receivers. I just hit my mic with my hand. Zach just
0: pumped like, into just Zach. Just demonstrating his mic the tears
1: in front of me with my <laughs> hands.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on, man. AJ Brown, he's fifth in the NFL in receiving yards right now. Yeah. Behind Justin Jefferson, behind Cooper Cup, behind, behind all the guys we just listed, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, and Tyreek Hill's also like up near that tier as well. By the way, that we were just talking about with Amari St. Brown. But fair for the NFL receiving yards, behind those guys, he has one touchdown in five games. Yeah. So these they have combined for thirteen touchdowns this year. So touchdowns are coming for AJ Brown, right? Especially with the Eagles' remaining schedule, which is looking pretty sweet for wide oh, receivers. Yeah. Um and they have a pass first mentality. They're dropping back, you know, with the league's top drop backers
1: (laughs) among all the NFL,
0: (laughs) all the NFL teams. They're passing it at a very high rate. They're dropping back at a very high rate. Um, so listen for for AJ Brown. Like I'm looking at him as a wide receiver one. We talked about this before the season began that he is going to be a top twelve wide receiver. It's coming to fruition. But once those touchdowns start to come, that's really when A.J. Brown is going to start, you know, showing out some big fantasy outputs.
1: Oh, yeah. And for me, A.J. Brown, he's one of the most obvious buys, you know, in my opinion. Um, Devontae Smith has come on, you know, as a favorite target of Jalen Hurts recently. You know, he's getting more targets than even I anticipated him getting. Um, Brown's touchdown production lagging significantly behind his yardage is, you know, what I think is bringing his value down a little bit. Fantasy managers who enjoyed his explosive week one performance where he got, was it like, was it 14 or 17? Some target number in the teens, but he caught double-digit passes and he looked really good. And we saw like really high production despite a touchdown. Um, they He's kind of left fantasy managers, you know, looking at him as having left meat on the bones since in the four games that he's played since that explosive outing. He's averaging, I think, just 13 points a game in the last four games. And he caught a season low three balls in week five against the Cardinals. Uh, he's yet to register fewer than seven targets in a game, however, which is promising for his prospects moving forward. I do like him still as a wide receiver one in Philly. I think the touchdowns are coming, like you said. It's a good offense. It's one thing if you're not scoring touchdowns and the rest of your offense is scoring touchdowns. But the rest of the offense is scoring touchdowns in the situation with Philly, that the only undefeated team left in the league so far. So, A.J. Brown coming in this week. I said I was going to note about it. I think I talked about it a little bit on Monday. Um, as AJ Brown being a buy low candidate after a rough week this past week, I think he has much better days ahead.
0: I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Let's move on to the next guy, Chris Olave. This man has produced despite non-ideal circumstances. <laughs> right over the, yeah. the over the last over the last two weeks. So with him in the concussion protocol now, I'm trying to buy. He got it done without Jameis Winston, um, and he got it like over the last two weeks. He caught a touchdown. Each of the last two weeks. So yeah. he has way more upside than what he's shown over the past couple of weeks. He is the wide receiver one in New Orleans, even when Michael Thomas comes back. He ended yeah. up running a route on only 60% of dropbacks this past week because of that concussion that he suffered. He still ended the game with a 25% target share. Here are his target shares over his last four games. 34%, 34%, 26%, 25%. Air yards, 63%. 40%, 45%, 40%. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he leads the NFL in air yards right now. He's the current wide receiver 14. And when Jameis is back, we're going to see some big plays out of this guy. And he's he's set for a monster season coming up. And I think, you know, I don't think people realize that he's a wide receiver 14 on the season. Like he's somebody that yeah. you have to start every single week. And I've been seeing a lot of start questions around Chris Olave. He should be in your lineup lots and loaded.
1: Yeah, that's 100% my takeaway, you know, with Chris Olave. He is easily, you know, if you drafted him late, you know, you probably didn't expect to be able to start him as a wide receiver one or two, but you could probably start in a, in a bad spot. You know, you could probably have Chris Olave as a wide receiver one, and I'm ecstatic if he's my wide receiver two. He has produced with Michael Thomas on the field, without Michael Thomas on the field. He has produced with Jarvis Landry on the field, without Jarvis Landry on the field. He is productive regardless of who he's playing against so you can't really say oh he's benefiting from coverage being drawn off of him no he was going up he was the wide receiver one in new orleans the past two weeks and he still got it done he is in the concussion protocol we're not sure how long he's going to be out but it shouldn't be too long concussions don't tend to be that long um unless there's like they're really severe but that doesn't seem to be the case here there's a chance that he could be back like as soon as this week i'm not sure but um I like Chris Olave definitely as a buy. If you haven't bought him yet already, you know, the price is only going to continue to go up as he continues to show out. Because usually, especially with rookie receivers, you see any type of inconsistency in an offense um, that tends to skew their production down, but he's defying that. He's had James Winston at quarterback and he's had Andy Dalton at quarterback. And then he's also dealing with, you know, turnover, wide receiver who he's playing against with um, on the perimeter, you know, Michael Thomas in and out of the lineup, Jarvis Landry there and not, Despite all that he's producing, he's been very consistent. And that's exactly what you're looking for. If you, you drafted him, you know, you're feeling good. You should definitely go get him right now before his production takes him up to a new height in terms of value. Yeah,
0: man. When Jameis Whistler comes back, he's going to be looking for him downfield even more. Right. That air, the air yard share is going to go up. He yeah, had the air yards with Andy Dalton, too. Um, so he's going to be targeted all 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 around the field. Also, if you look at reception perception, Matt Harmon's, you know, wide receiver chart charting model. Um, he basically charted Michael Thomas this year in his return. And you know, mentioned that he's not the same Michael Thomas as we saw a few years ago. So uh and Chris Olave is looking like the guy uh who is the most talented receiver there uh from a you know from a separation standpoint and all that and just a route win standpoint, you know, opposed uh, to like, you know, in terms of trying to find the empty spot in the zone and uh in man and press coverage. So right. it's looking good for Chris Olave moving forward. If you are looking for a high-end running back, one guy I like is Joe Mixon. You can blame the offensive line. You can blame Zach. You can blame Zach Taylor. You know, you can blame all those guys, and everybody deserves some, you know, blame here, including Joe Mixon. Uh, you know, even his yards after contact number, not good, not good at all. Yeah, really low. However. I don't see his opportunity going away. He has some of the highest weighted opportunity numbers in the NFL among running backs. And let me just explain what weighted opportunity is real quick. Instead of just adding up your, the number of carries and number of targets, since targets are worth about two and a half times more than a carry, you add up that target number with the number of carries, uh, and since he's being you know, heavily used in both the run and the pass game, he's due for some fantasy points, right? He's only scored one touchdown this year. Uh, He has had a bunch of attempts inside the 10-yard line this year, and those attempts are also worth more than regular attempts uh, as it correlates to fantasy points. So, you know, he's – and, you know, as you can see here, like he's leading all running backs in touches right now. So, uh, you know, he's in a situation where the opportunity is going to be there, and I would – and I would assume – that, you know, he starts to get right, starts scoring some touchdowns. This whole offense is kind of like not looking the same. Um, So as his offense kind of finds its footing, uh, so will Joe Mixon.
1: Yeah, it's weird to see that he hasn't produced, you know, with all this workload that he's getting because the issue last season wasn't his talent and his production. It was that he wasn't getting the workload. You know, he was coming off the field on third down. He was coming off the field for some reason inexplicably for Samaj P. Ryan. Um, This season, he's really getting that full complement of work, you know, run game and pass game. And the production just hasn't been there. Like you said, one touchdown this whole season. And it's not like the Bengals have been out of games where they aren't competitive or they have to go away from the run game or they have to go away from using running backs. Like he's getting this utilization in every game. Every game is close. There's no reason for his production to be this low. I don't think it's a talent issue. Like we said, Um, I think he's very good running back. Um, his number, his workload is definitely that of a high end RB one. We just need to see the production follow. I'm betting on that to happen more than I'm betting on it to not happen. I think that makes him a buy, uh, definitely right now. And especially you probably have some disgruntled Joe Mixon owners because outside of that one touchdown and that seven catch game earlier on that really buoyed his, uh, production the past, the the other three games, 11 points, six points, 11 points, you know, really low output. You could really, you could leverage that and get yourself a high end RB one. If you could just bring those production numbers up just even a little bit.
0: Now, if you can't get Joe Mixon, just real quick before we get into some sales, we talked at length about Kenneth Walker right this week already. Uh, but I think I'd even buy him, you know, before he starts going off. You know, I'm a fan of his talent yeah. and I'm fan, and I'm a fan of that situation right now. So, like, you know, Kenneth Walker, we talked about him a whole lot. We don't not, we don't have to get into it. Um, if you want to know more, listen to yesterday's podcast, listen to the podcast before that on Monday. Um, but yeah, I think before he starts going off, I think I would try to target him in trades. Um, especially if you lost, you know, a bunch of these running backs that got hurt recently.
1: Yeah. And with Kenneth Walker, you know, if you're going to target him, target him as soon as possible, because as soon as he has that blow up game, his. His value is going to shoot even higher than it is right now. Obviously, it's high right now, but people there's that uncertainty yet about how he's going to look, what his workload is going to look like. Take advantage of that if you're really in a bad spot of running back. It's still going to be his price is going to be high, but still going to be cheaper, I think, than Joe Mixon. And you're right, you could target Kenneth Walker. He has upside. Don't let him run away. Um, don't let him get away if you're in need of a running back because his if he produces well, you know you're going to be kicking yourself that you didn't get him when his price, even though it might have been a little bit higher than you'd like it's going to be out of reach completely if he has a good game this weekend.
0: Yep, for sure. Let's move into some cells. Mike Williams is my number one sell this week. Uh, he's come through without Keenan Allen in the lineup. Three games of him balling out this year. Uh, we know the talent is there, but the usage is usually very up and down, especially with Keenan Allen in the lineup. Uh, he's going to have his blow-up games too with Keenan Allen. However, this is a great opportunity To get a high end player back in a trade who's going to be more consistent, who has upside as well, but you know, has you know, is the type of player that can get it done, it doesn't have to depend on you know, a situation like Keenan Allen coming back, you know, for them to continue to have a high chance at giving you a huge game.
1: Yeah, with Mike Williams, you know, he's a very good receiver, there's no denying that and he has Justin Herbert going to him but he's been very inconsistent when Keenan Allen is on the field like you said um he's he's been great for you these past few weeks obviously you know if you had Mike Williams he's very nice he's a very nice asset to have without Keenan Allen in the lineup um but once Keenan Allen comes back you know I I view Mike Williams very much as a boom bust and almost close to what I view Gabe Davis as you know (laughs) Mike Williams he does garner a few more targets a game Uh, He's a little bit better in that sense than Gabe Davis, but the boom bust, you know, whether he's going to hit or not, you do have to worry about um, that floor being pretty low. Right now, his floor is high because Keenan Allen is out. And I've always been one to kind of err on the side of, you know, Keenan Allen being the guy over Mike Williams. And that's the way it is. Some people think Mike Williams um, could be the guy, but anytime Keenan Allen comes back, Mike Williams kind of disappears. So I, I think that this is the perfect time and really the only time to offload him at a high value. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with just like a boom-bust type value moving forward, and that that doesn't buy much.
0: Yeah, and I've, I've been using this uh, new data analytics tool called Preciser that kind of does a lot uh, of analytics and a lot of predictions, um, and, and, and the predictions have been looking pretty good so far. Uh, but they do have Allen back this week, and they have Mike Williams at 69 yards receiving, which is solid. Um, with a decent chance to score a touchdown. Uh, but you know, with Allen back, if he plays that full-time role, that might be what we're looking at, at at as his ceiling this week. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on to Dalvin Cook. Listen, you don't have to sell Dalvin Cook. Okay, he'll be fine. However, he is in a committee right now with Alexander Madison. Um, it started in Week Four, but his snaps and route participation both went down even further in Week 5. He only played on 57% of snaps in Week 5. 39% route participation, that is not high enough at all if you're going to want to depend on a running back in the past game. It should be around 60 65%. Um, he's supposed to be a big player running back too. That's what you're depending on. That's the one thing we were holding on to from last season despite his yards after contact and his yards per route run being down. He's not doing it this, this year. Um, He's last among all running backs this year with 80 or more carries. He's last in um, 15 plus yard rush rate, right? Yeah. That and you look at the injury history and you look at his shoulder issue right now, you know, potential chance of it aggravating. I'm just like, I'm going to take advantage of this two touchdown day that he just had that, you know, Justin Jefferson set up for him, both of them. Yeah, I'm going to take advantage of that and, and try to trade up. Maybe, you know, tra- maybe use him and another piece to get like Saquon or use him and another piece to get somebody else. Like and I don't know, I, I kind of feel like this is an opportunity that I want to take advantage of this week.
1: Yeah. And this kind of reminds me of the way we're talking about, you know, James Robinson a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's not necessarily that he's not going to continue to produce, you know, but his value you know he just had a 26 point game ppr point game you know it's much closer right now to the rb1 status that we had him at going into the season than it has been this whole season you know he's been relatively quiet in terms of fantasy production up until this point it's not that he's going to not going to continue to produce dalvin cook is a very good running back but like you said with his uh, performance being up i think you also look at the vikings offense you know they're very pass heavy at this point you know Justin Jefferson is the, now the focal point where Dalvin Cook may have before been a larger part of the offense he's kind of become complementary to the passing game and that's not to say that he can't produce but like you said he's coming off the field a little bit more often than we'd like to be the RB1 that we want him to be i think that this is where you capitalize on a strong performance and you know it's not like people are doubting Dalvin Cook they're not going to say that he's not a good talented running back so i think you could capitalize on that and go get yourself another bonafide fide star, even if it takes trading a guy that you know you have on your roster. He might be a little bit better. I think you th- you throw one player, maybe two players in with Dalvin Cook, you could get a very good play. Like you said, Saquon, um, even CMC. You know, I- I'd look and see if you can maybe uh, swap them two out. Um, it-, it could end up working for you because Christian McCaffrey seems to be the only thing working for the Panthers' offense right now.
0: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, Jeff Wilson, somebody that I'm looking to sell right now, and you know he still got his carries last week, but if you look at the overall rushing share of the pie, his rushing share actually went down to only fifty six percent. Whereas over the past couple of weeks, it's been much higher. Uh, Tevin yeah. Coleman, uh, he was introduced to spell him early in this game. He had four touches in the first quarter alone. <laughs> he caught a touchdown right and he had a 30-yard catch just in the first quarter um so like wilson you know he ended up still doing well right he ended up scoring a touchdown and this was his spike week right this week yeah. you know over the past couple of weeks before that you know he's been solid you know 10 11 12 points in PPR this week you know getting that, getting a little bit of a spike game getting closer to 20 i'm taking advantage of that right now before mitchell comes back uh tyrion davis price he also might start practicing this week they released Marlon Mack, so it's possible that TDP is back this week. That could be an indication that that's the case. Um, he might come back this week against Atlanta, uh, and and you know I, I, I'm, I talked about Preciser before. They do have these running backs sharing the load with Jeff Wilson this week, uh, if TDP is in fact back, and also if, um, and also assuming that Tevin Coleman is going to be continue continue to be in the lineup, they have Jeff Wilson's projection at only fifty yards on the ground this week. So it'll be interesting to see uh what that rotation ends up looking like um you know both from tdp and or tevin coleman in week six
1: yeah it seems like you know tevin coleman just comes in to ruin people's fantasy days and just suddenly have a big game (laughs) you know that that's been his role for the the record
0: for the record yes he's been has been his role his whole career and for the record he did that last year against you know with the jets and michael carter yeah
1: just want to yeah, see 100%. It. Yes, so it, this is nothing new when you look at Tevin Coleman, you know, barging into a backfield and taking snaps and production from other guys that we had slated for more work. Uh, Jeff Wilson, you know, the whole 49ers backfield is something that I'm trying to avoid. You know, I've, I have I avoided um, since Elijah Mitchell went down. And, you know, you were capitalizing on Jeff Wilson kind of being the lead guy in, in relief of Elijah Mitchell. But as he's going to come back, you know, it's still a little while out. I don't know how many. We might be still a week or two out. So I, I heard.
0: I heard a. Cu- I heard a couple of reports. I heard that he could be back like week 10-ish. I think they have a week nine by, if I'm not mistaken. And then the week maybe he'll be back week ten. I also heard that there's a chance that he's back in week eight. That's yeah. a possibility too. So that means potentially only one or two more weeks. So you know, there's is a couple couple ranges there. However, I mean there is a range there. Uh, but it's like, it's a situation where like, do you want to wait until Jeff Wilson turns into a pumpkin or do you want to kind of take advantage of that now?
1: That's what I'm talking about. So Elijah Mitchell's return is still, you know, out in the distance. It's not perfectly visible to people, you know, just yet fancy managers just yet. So I would take advantage and kind of just drop Jeff Wilson off now before people are like, Oh, well I could get Jeff Wilson, but Elijah Mitchell's going to be back next week. You don't want to wait for that. Get rid of him now. You know, it's not that he had a bad week. It's not that he's been p- producing poorly for you. We said he's had that nice floor for you each and every week. But um, you know, th- this is the time to get rid of him. Otherwise, you're gonna kind of be left having him sit on your bench. Instead of having being able to trade him for maybe another piece that's going to carry you into the playoffs, you could be left sitting with Jeff Wilson as just a bench handcuff. Um, it's about, you know, taking that value that I have right now and maximizing it. If you just don't take your hands off jeff wilson if you can't get a trade partner it's not bad you're just going to be left with um a handcuff at that point um it's not to say he can't appreciate back to where he is right now if elijah mitchell goes down which we know is very well within the realm of possibility but um you you want to get jeff wilson off now before he uh he loses too much value
0: so another guy that tevin colvin used to ruin things for was raheem Mostert back when he was in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, Believe it or not, Raheem Mostert is actually halfway or nearly halfway to his career high in touches (laughs) at 30 years old. We're only five games into the season. It's only been a few games with him being the guy. Um, But listen, like he continues to be a start right now. Like I'm starting him as an RB2 this week. But, you know, and while he's healthy. But listen, he doesn't have like the best history in that regard. Right. And, I personally, like, I'd rather cash out now, like, while, like, everything is good, while vibes are all good with Raheem Mostert, you know, I want to trade up for a more reliable situation, you know, so, you know, it goes the same thing with Jeff Wilson, like, we know that's going to end at some point. Raheem Mostert, like, I hate to say it, and it just, like, is it really sustainable for him to see 15 to 18 touches every single week for the rest of the year? Like, I, I don't think so. Like, it's just not in his nature. He's already 30 years old. He's never done it before. So, yeah. you know, for, for us to bet on that and not sell him now or not try to, I feel like you it know, would we'll be a little disingenuous, you know. So I want to trade up for a more reliable situation if I can.
1: Yeah, and you hate to bet on, like, an injury happening. And that's not necessarily what I'm expecting or, you know, projecting to happen. But um, if you can't come up with another reason, you know, to offload Raheem Mostert, consider that going into the season, none of these running backs had any kind of value. So if you picked up Raheem Mostert and now he's performed well these past two weeks, you know, you now have much more value than you had going into the season and this is something that could change on a dime as we've seen. We thought Chase Edmonds was the guy and now he's not. It's not to say that he can't come back on. You have a guy that's produced. I think he's had um a solid workload, you know, the past two weeks. Um yeah. I don't I don't want to call out too many numbers, but I think he's been over double digit fantasy points two weeks in a row. Yes. I don't I don't think that, you know, he's going to get much more valuable than he is right now. I think there's a much better chance that his value depreciates than appreciates moving forward. And like we said, even if he does continue to play well, I'm not sure if it's going to be at this level. So you have value now. Get rid of it. You know, Take that value. Make it more permanent. Go get yourself a better player. Um, because Raheem Mostert, he's done well for the past two weeks, but this isn't a uh, sustainable backfield. There's too many guys in the backfield and too much turnover right now in the offense. Um, for me, you know, with the quarterback situation to really confidently say that, okay, this is going to continue the rest of the season. Um, now is the time to sell.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. A guy that I want to hold, not trade, not buy, not sell. Listen, he's so cheap right now. (laughs) Najee is way too cheap to sell right now. Like you're likely not going to get much back. Jalen Warren, he's eating into his workload, but you know, nine of his ten opportunities, Jalen Warren's opportunities, came in the fourth quarter. The game was out of hand. Not to say that, you know, Jalen Warren won't get more opportunities going forward because he does look good. But, you know, we kind of have to pump the brakes like on that argument, right? Um, in terms of like what their snapshirt sure actually looked like and what the real snapshirt sure was. Um listen, I'll say this. Like, I'm not optimistic on Najee Harris, but there is a mm-hmm. chance that he can return RB2 value for you for the rest of the season with the offense improving a little bit behind Kenny Pickett.
1: Yeah. Um, Listen.
0: I talked about this in the off season, that, like this year I talked about this when Harris was coming out of college, he was never an efficient guy. Like he was yeah. capable of handling a large workload, which is what he did last year. And now it's catching up to him. Like maybe it's because of the injury, uh, but regardless, like he needs a large workload and, or a good offense for him to be able uh, to be a high end fantasy player. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what his work looks like in the pass game this week, assuming they don't get blown out at home. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at Preciser here. They're um, According to them, they're five-point underdogs at home, and, and we'll see what the true split looks like between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren this week.
1: Right, and you pinpoint the two things that he needs, you know, to produce pretty well is that it's, it's a, def- a decent offense and a slightly better workload. I don't think he's going to get that. You know, I think the Steelers offense is bad. We're now looking at Najee Harris where I had him, you know, I had him pretty high in my rankings. I was pretty bullish on him. Um, the offense has really just tanked this season and that's hurt Najee Harris a lot. They've been playing from behind a lot. So the game script has been working against him. Najee Harris's value is now down in the Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers range, you know, where he just, isn't producing, you know, even when he does get, touches you know it's not spectacular at all it's mediocre production at best and I hate to hold it against Najee Harris but you know you said that he hasn't been efficient it took a like a massive workload for him last season to have such a good fantasy season like he did last season and I think we're seeing you know that he might be workload dependent as a running back especially in this offense um I I don't like Najee Harris's value at all you know you can't trade him you can't move him you can't get rid of him you can't buy him because there's no reason to buy him and his upside there hasn't been any upside flash. So nobody's going to buy him. Nobody's going to sell him. Like you said, he's a hold. This is like the hold of the season. I mean, you're just kind of stuck with him now if you drafted him. And obviously, we we're hoping for much better uh, production from him, but that hasn't been the case. Uh, you you, ha- you just have to hope that things turn around. That's, that's all that's left to do with Najee Harris.
0: I hear that, man. It's sad to say. Now, I, I will say this. Like, I want to know... I want to get a gauge. Whoever has Najee Harris and I, I didn't draft him, draft him anywhere. However, I want to get a gauge from everybody who has Najee Harris in my leagues. How cheap is he? I want to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I rather hold Jalen Warren. And if I have him, I'm not worried about it, but I want to see how cheap Jalen uh, Najee Harris is. I'm like, Hey, like, what is it going to take for me to get Najee? Like, Hey, mm-hmm. like, uh, can I give you uh can I, can I give you, I don't know, Zay Jones. You know, like you need a receiver. Yeah. Can I give you, you know, these random like players who, you know, are like fringe, like waiver wire guys or like, mm-hmm. you know, guys who might be more valuable to that team than Najee Harris, you know, and people want to cut their losses because the trades that I have been seeing, the trade questions I've been seeing around Najee Harris, people are ready to just cut them. Cut their losses. Yeah. <laughs> people are way possible. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know. I want to get that gauge because if if that gauge is like super, super, duper low, I'll buy it. I'll buy yeah. it like whatever. Like I'll throw him on my bench. Worst case scenario. See what happens over the next couple of weeks.
1: Here's an interesting um, proposal. If you had Najee Harris and someone said, I'll give you James Robinson for Najee Harris straight up. Would you do that? Yes. You think so? Even, even say, with, you know, the workload split a little bit weird in Jacksonville? I think
0: I think James Robinson will continue to be involved there. I think the offense is better. Um, I think as long as game scripts are working in Jacksonville's favor, I think, you know, that James Robinson is still going to have his games. And I think that is more likely than that James Robinson is going to have games, good games. Like, we, he's proven that he's capable of that, right, this season. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I mean, you know, James Robinson's efficiency is also going down. He has a very talented back, you know, alongside of him at this point. I was going to say behind him, but not anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'd rather have James Robinson because he just looks better.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's a situation where I'm willing to sell Najee, right? Yeah. Uh, but in most situations, I think – I don't think anyone's going to offer James Robinson for Najee. <laughs> you
1: no. Know what I mean, but yeah, so off chance. You know, I, I'm just trying to think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's I hear you. Borderline for me. You know, I, I think he's, I think James Robinson's borderline for me, where borderline where I'm happy starting him and borderline where I'm just like, you know, I'm not sure because, <laughs> you, you, you know, I'm not, he I'm, happy, I'm, ha- I'm not saying I'm happy.
0: I'm I'm not saying I'm happy signing James Robinson. And that's not what I'm saying. Like, I, right. because Are that's, you... good. That's, the, that's saying that I'm somewhat close to being happy to trade away Najee to uh, start Najee Harris, which I'm not. <laughs> right <laughs> right we had our we had Najee Harris as our RB 31 going into last week you yeah. know in, in our live on Sunday I moved uh who was it Raheem Mostert was that who did I would have it 31 maybe I think I moved Raheem Mostert from like 31 to 30
1: it might have been and yeah. then
0: I moved like N- Najee Harris to 31 and, and um, he was just outside
1: of her top 30 yeah yeah terrible
0: but anyway uh, let's get into like just a couple questions before we leave here. Yeah. Um uh, you know, just a couple like trade questions if I see any. Henry here is asking a lot of Kyle Pitts questions, right? Henry or Henry Michael's asking, would you trade Kyle Pitts for Devin DuVernay?
1: No. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't it's, either. It's funny because we were just talking about Najee Harris, and I called him the hold of the season, and now it's like, okay, Kyle Pitts is the exact same thing, just in tight end form as Najee Harris. <laughs> you know? Who Would you, you who Would you sell? rather have
0: Najee Harris or Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts.
1: I think there's a better chance. The offense isn't as stagnant in Atlanta, um, and really, I, so tough. To, no, I don't think. I don't think it is. I think. <laughs> The offense is a little bit better in Atlanta than it is just because the offensive line, um, you know, has shown improvement in Atlanta. You know, I, I think that Kyle Pitts has a better chance to get him back to um, where we'd like him to be than Najee Harris, just because the Steelers Tell offense is, is. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, like you said, Kyle Pitts, he's Tell a unicorn. It. Najee Harris, you know, he he's uh, like we said, we, a, a volume guy, not what's his name? i um, Kyle Pitts. You know, you, you don't want to call him relying on volume because he hasn't gotten volume. but uh, he he is a unicorn. They drafted him fourth overall. You can't really discount that at this point in his career. It's it's his second season. He hasn't been used like we want him to, but I think he very well has it in him to turn it around.
0: Nightmare is asking, would you trade Christian McCaffrey for Jonathan Taylor, 10-team PPR? The answer here is no. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Go
1: ahead. Assuming that you're getting Jonathan Taylor in his trade, I would say no.
0: <laughs> yeah. If I see the question, would you trade McCaffrey for Jonathan Taylor? I'm assuming you're giving T- McCaffrey, getting Taylor. And I would not do that. I, I want McCaffrey. McCaffrey yeah. has been getting it done. Jonathan Taylor has not. This is the reason why we were drafting Christian McCaffrey, number one overall.
1: Yeah. This, Over Jonathan Taylor.
0: Over Jonathan Taylor. The range of outcomes was much wider for Jonathan Taylor, as you know, given his role. We're really depending on that early down role. Didn't work out yet. That being said, I am buying low on Jonathan Taylor. Like, if you can get Jonathan Taylor somehow, I would do that. You can buy him low. And he could have easily been in this segment, uh, you know, on on this show.
1: Yeah. um, It's funny because, you know, Jonathan Taylor is the one missing games and Christian McCaffrey is not. (laughs) Can you predict injury, guys? No. No. You cannot. Even with um, the history that McCaffrey had. You can't.
0: Even with the history. Okay. McCaffrey, like, and plus, like the injuries, you look into the injuries themselves too. That's important and understand yeah. that the injuries that he's had just been unlucky injuries. Straight up. Yeah. Should I trade a Val, Val's the goat? Is asking, self proclaimed goat. Should I trade Marquise Brown for Garrett Wilson and Devontae Adams? Who would you rather have, Devontae Adams or Marquise Brown? Just them two. Forget about Garrett Wilson for a second.
1: Yeah. I, I think this is a. Yes, if you're getting Devontae Adams and Garrett Wilson, yeah. I'd rather have Devontae Adams. 100%, Same here. Over Marquise.
0: I'd rather have Devontae Adams. And if you're getting Garrett Wilson as well on top of yeah. that
1: for Marquise, i do it. i do it. The whipped cream on top. You just got
0: it. <laughs> 100%. And we were talking about in yesterday's episode or Monday's episode that I'm buying Marquise Brown right now. Like, yeah. people are afraid with Hopkins coming back. I'm buying. And I just posted a video on my Instagram. That very thing. I'm, I'm not selling Marquise Brown for chump change. But this right here? Solid. Solid, because there's still room to grow for Gary Wilson as well. Yeah. Let's get to one more trade question, if I see any here. Here we go. That's a good one. CJ Chris is asking, Amon Ra and Melvin Gordon for T. Higgins and AJ Dillon. This is pretty easy for me.
1: Yeah, it's pretty easy for me, too.
0: The Amon Ra side, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. 100%.
0: Get the, get, get the best player in this deal. That's Amara St. Brown. Melvin Gordon's the cherry on top. AJ Dillon, you know, he's relatively unplayable right now. You can play him, but you're kind of hoping for a touchdown there. T. Higgins, banged up. Yeah, Amara, pretty easy. Okay. Yeah. I think that'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for joining. Um, Actually, you know what? We got another trade question here. Another one. Yeah, this Come one on just me.
1: came in. I was wondering if you are going to throw on. it out there. I'm going to
0: do it. <laughs> Austin Smith. Austin Smith's asking, should I trade C.D. Lamb for A.J. Brown and Kenneth Walker? The answer here yeah. is yes. Yes. You do. Uh, A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb are going to be in a similar tier. I think C.D. Lamb is in a little slightly slightly higher tier than A.J. Brown. However, if you're going to get Kenneth Walker as well, who could be a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 at the very least, I'm doing it. Yeah, This is a great that, trade.
1: That's two quality players for one. You know, and there you go. You can't you can't pass that up. Uh, if it was CD for AJ Brown, straight up, I would say no. Um, CD Lamb and AJ Brown are very comparable, I think, in terms of their value right now. Uh, CD Lamb could, you know, his value right now might be a little bit lower than it will be in a few weeks once Dak comes back. But you know, you can't pass it up. This fills two holes on your roster, assuming that you have holes on your roster. But um, you know, you might be getting two quality starters um for one. I mean, you can't pass it
0: up. What about this one? Would you trade Jeff Wilson right now for Miles Sanders?
1: Yeah. And not because I like Miles Sanders that much, but just because I see Jeff Wilson's um, value just kind of falling off a cliff eventually. Exactly. You know, (laughs) know,
0: with Elijah Mitchell coming back at some point, you know, Miles Sanders is pretty much getting the same type of workload Jeff Wilson. is. the only difference is that Sanders isn't being used uh, inside the five-yard line as much. I think among all players, (laughs) do you know who is leading the entire NFL out of any position, even running backs? In terms of carries inside the five yard line, Jeff Wilson, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. Hurts. So Miles Sanders, he's taking all Miles Sanders' opportunities. Uh, It is what it is. At least Miles Sanders, hopefully, if he stays healthy, he can help you. You know, at least later in the year, right? Like you'll have a whole year of Miles Sanders. Hopefully, he if he can stay healthy, right? So yes, I I would make that deal. However, I'll say this: if you need a win or two, like if I'm like two and three right now, and I need a win. One and four. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get those wins with Jeff Wilson. I'll say that. Yeah.
1: Makes sense? I, I think that's I think that's true.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you could rate and review the podcast on the Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that would mean the world to us. Uh we appreciate you guys as always. We'll see you tomorrow. We're gonna do quarterback rankings and running back rankings right here, nine a.m. Eastern time on YouTube and on all platforms wherever you listen to your podcast. See you later. Peace.